This is Tom Singer, and you are about to listen to one of the first episodes of NSA's newest podcast, Speakernomics. If you like this episode, subscribe to our new show to get weekly insights about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. Subscribe to Speakernomics today by searching for it wherever you listen to podcasts or at spkr.bz slash speakernomics. Welcome to Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we're going to talk to Deborah Gardner about the meetings industry and what it looks like as we go forward in the future. Now, to kick off this interview, before we get into the details, Deborah, what are your two best tips for speakers on how they can make more money? Oh, I can definitely give you all kinds of tips, but since you are asking for two, I think I'm going to make it very easy and very accessible that I know that speakers around the world that are listening today can definitely jump in and do this. The first one is to make sure that you learn the terminology, the lingo of the meetings industry. It's very, very important because what better way than to connect with potential clients in particular when you know what they're talking about. And it can be something as simple as who they are. A lot of speakers talk about their clients as meeting planners and event planners. And I have to tell you, they actually cringe every time they hear those words. (laughs) They're not just meeting planners. They're not just about event planners. That's almost like saying, would you rather be called a, a a public speaker or a professional speaker? Well, they want to be called professionals. So call them meeting meeting professionals, meeting and event professionals. And what's the second tip? Uh, The second one definitely would be the fact has to do with Uh, virtual and hybrid events, which we are going to see a lot of in 2021. It's really going to be important to go above, above and beyond just being engaging, sharing your content, showing your fabulous PowerPoint slides. What they're looking for is a visual Super Bowl experience, something that's going to be emotional, make them laugh, make them cry, make them talk, and make them really want to enjoy the experience. Wow, we have a lot to talk about today because Deborah has so much on these two tips and more that she's gonna share with us. But I'll tell you, Deborah has been working in the hospitality and meetings business for over 30 years. So she is a true expert when it comes to the whole idea of what are meeting, meeting professionals looking for. She likes to try new things. She loves to be creative and found that during the pandemic of last year, her creativity just bubbled over with things that she could do around meetings. She likes to have a lot of fun, and she makes friends everywhere she goes. So, Deborah, welcome to Speakernomics. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here, especially with you, Tom. So let's dive into your first tip. Let's talk about terminology. You said don't call them a meeting planner. So let's, let's dive into this whole concept of the terms that meeting professionals want to hear. 
Yes, definitely. That is probably the number one in the 101 speakeronomics is terminology and to make sure that we approach them and talk to them on an even keel and being knowing that you're you're talking to them as professionals because they want to be looked at as professionals is very important. And this all goes back to not just the title that is important, it's the perception. The perception in the meetings industry that uh, these so-called meeting planners and event planners have dealt with for many, many years. And it actually started years ago at a conference of about 4,000 decision makers. And the opening keynoter was actually Martha Stewart. And throughout her speech, she kept calling them party planners. (laughs) Who do you think had the lowest evaluation score at that conference? (laughs) Definitely Martha Stewart, but yet in her defense, she's not the only one that does that. I hear it time and time again that we speakers constantly talk about them and approach them as meeting planners and event planners, and we need to look at them as professionals. And there's all kinds of other terminology, Tom. Um, One can easily be the fact that we actually pretend like we stand behind what is called a podium. It's not a podium, it's a lectern. A lectern that actually sits on top of a podium, not a riser. I mean, you're thinking, okay, I know this terminology, but do you really? And yet we need to focus and and study these type of things before we get to actually placing a call into them. And it's as easy as Googling, what's the terminology for the meetings industry? So, you know, it's really interesting because like we have in in the National Speakers Association, we have the CSP designation uh, in the world of meetings. They have the CMP is one of the designations that they can get. And my wife worked for the hotel industry for a long time. She had her CMP and uh, she's now a meeting professional. She plans meetings for an association. And it's so interesting because when, I remember years ago when she was studying for her CMP, the terminology mattered so much on things like the podium, the lectern, you know, et cetera. And, you know, how they refer to different things. So it's, it's very, it's a big part of what they are learning and what they're studying to get their professional designations. And if we come in and just ignore it, then we look bad. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And since I've had my CMP for probably about 15 years now, because I I must have known your wife in the hotel industry, it has been very beneficial because they know I know. And I know a lot of speakers aren't able to have that certification, but yet you can still speak it. You still can have that conversation with them to let them know you know. So what are some of the other terms that speakers mess up? Oh, gosh, it can be something as simple as a setup of a room. You know, understanding what theater style is, what crescent style is. And also in the food and beverage area, you always get asked, you know, do you, what kind of food and beverage would you want? Do you want, you know, do you want to eat with us or do you want to sit with us? I mean, there's all kinds of different types of verbiage and a lot of acronyms to food and beverage like F&B, audiovisual. There's there's a lot of terminology around that that we need to know um, that just, again, just helps us connect with them. So I tell you, there's at least over 
over 100, 150 term, terms to know. <laughs> and would you say if you're working with associations, understanding what their acronyms are and understanding how they refer to themselves, how their members refer to themselves is also important. So it's not just the meetings industry. It's whatever industry you're speaking to. If you yes. get the terms wrong, you're suddenly an outsider or someone who doesn't right. doesn't give a darn about them. Right. Right. And it doesn't matter what industry. I think terminology is got to be your number one focus, because, again, without it, it's really hard to connect with somebody. It's almost as if somebody getting to know you and they don't understand who you are. Just think about how you feel. You just feel that disconnect. And like that's when they, what you want with your clients. Like when they look at my name and they call me thumb. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I know. right? Or, or like if somebody just starts calling you Debbie. I've known you a long time. Oh, Nobody calls yeah. you Debbie. Yeah, Debbie. I am not a little Debbie cupcake. So yeah, don't go there. <laughs> so your second tip was about making your virtual experience. And I'll tell you, after 2020, everyone who's a speaker or wants to be a speaker, we need to be paying attention to this virtual world because it's not going away. You said make it a Super Bowl level experience. So let's talk about that. What did you mean by that tip? Well, it's, it's going to be a way of being competitive in this type of space. We've all had to come into this together. Now it's a matter of trying to separate yourself from others. And providing that Super Bowl experience on a visual basis is going to be key um, because we're all going to be fighting for everybody's attention through the computer. And that's going to be tough. Now, it's going to be tough because the bad side of virtual is it's becoming when the audience is available because of pre-recordings in particular. And yes, you know, the industry is having issues with pre-recordings now because of the firewall issues. So how are you going to up the ante and really get their attention is what's going to be very, very important. So you have to really conduct your programs differently uh, because face-to-face, -face, it might be even, you know, not as much of a challenge because we definitely have that organic conversation, but to do this online is where it's going to be really, really challenging. So it's just a matter of, of what you're going to do to make sure that you keep everyone's attention. So is this about using the technology, having fancy bells and whistles and things flying in and out and, and little dancing colors around your screen? Or is this more about sort of the way the speaker uses the rectangle that they're in and being able to connect with the audience. How much do the meeting professionals care about whiz-bang versus just being really engaging through the screen? Yeah, you're, you're, that's a great analogy because a lot of speakers think it's all about the, the bells and whistles, and it's not. As a matter of fact, right now, what the meetings industry is finding is that it's not the speaker's responsibility to bring the virtual to them. They're the ones out there learning exactly what they want right now because you know, yes, it might be less stress for the audience to just, you know, see you on, on the screen, but it's becoming more stressful for those that are planning the virtual. As a matter of fact, they are actually taking classes. You, you, you notice like uh, classes like 
actors and actresses do. You know, movies and films is kind of virtual. Think of it that way. How do they grab your attention when you watch a movie is what the, the meeting and event professionals are learning right now because they don't have the skill, but they want to learn the skill. So it's not up to the speakers is what they're finding. The speakers are there to deliver and the method is going to come from their side of the world. And they are really upping their, their skills right now and doing what they can to provide that. But um, it's definitely something new and we're all in this trying to figure it out together. But when it comes down to it, the speakers will have their role and their, your clients will have their role. All right. So let's keep going. You gave us two tips, but I know you, Deborah, and I know that you have a lot more tips. And one of the things we talked about before we started recording was sort of, you know, what's in the DNA of what the meeting professionals really want moving forward? Like for a long time, pre-COVID, there was a lot around technology. They really wanted to make sure that their events were cutting edge and they were using things for, for digital engagement, you know, in the live in-person setting. What's now at their core concern? Oh, good question. What's at their core right now is all about safety and security. Hmm. Bottom line, they are going to want to make sure that everything goes smoothly above and beyond all the other things that they have to take care of. You know, they wear many hats, as you know, Tom, as many conferences and conventions you've dealt with uh, with your clients, there is a lot they have to do. So what can speakers do? They can actually help alleviate that stress by letting them know about your own knowledge in the safety and security world as well. And one fantastic idea is just get your uh, CPR and letting them know that you are able to, to help in that area. Because think about this, Tom, you were up on stage. You're the one with the microphone. You're the one that's going to be above up and beyond to, to see the entire audience from the stage. And what better position for speakers to see if anything happened? Let's say you were presenting at a breakfast meeting and all of a sudden one guy in the front row starts choking on on a piece of bacon. You know, what are you going to do? You can't stop. You can't stop and just, you know, just keep doing your speech. You've got to put yourself into action and you'll be a hero for it too. I remember watching a, a girlfriend of mine at the Biltmore resort in Phoenix. And I just went to go and support her like we all do uh, with our speaker friends. And all of a sudden, while she, right in the middle of her speech, the fire alarm went off and she froze. She just stood there and froze. And the meeting professional had to come from the back of the room. Thank God she was in the room, came from the back of the room to the lectern and had to make the announcement. OK, everyone, get up and move to the exits. Well, and of course, everybody moves so slowly. Now, if there was actually an, an attack of some sort that you know somebody walked in the room and started shooting everybody would have been dead by now because there was no action taken so i think speakers need to take on the responsibility and learn as much as they can about safety too and cpr you can learn it and get certified online now hmm. on the red through the red cross website and even the american heart association so there's no excuse i had never thought about being 
CPR certified as something that you would add to sort of your bailiwick of things as a speaker. I definitely know a few years ago, I attended something where they talked about as a speaker, having an emergency plan if there needed to be an evacuation or something like that. But I'd never thought about, you know, letting the, the planner know that I had thought such things through or that I was CPR certified. So that's, that's fascinating that that gives peace of mind Oh, they would love you for it. It's the first one of the first things that I bring into my conversations with them. And again, it's all about differentiating yourself from others that are up for the job. And what better way than to know that they know, you know, their job. So safety is going to be their number one thing. So you might as well embrace it. Now, in the world that we've lived in for the past year, things have been turned upside down. And one thing I hear from a lot of speakers is, ooh, what's the hot topic. So what are your thoughts on like what the hot topics are and how do planners look at that? Well, one of the hot topics actually, oh gosh, there's so so many of them, but right now it seems as though we are not rushing to meet as much as we are rushing to educate. And so the good thing is all the speakers that are watching this now or hearing this are in the education format. And that is great. They are looking for that. So I think everybody that sticks with their own expertise will definitely be in the front front runner because you have to stick with your expertise. But yes, safety and security is one of the hot topics. Um, People always want to know what that looks like. I think technology in general is a hot topic for most of us. But um, I think as long as you stick with your expertise, people are going to be looking for something new and different too. They want to get back to the normacy of of their world. And so they're going to be looking for sales experts. They're going to be looking for how to become a leader uh, more than ever. So I think as long as everyone sticks with their expertise and prepares for a comeback to -to face-to-face and even the hybrid uh, format, we're going to be, we're going to be good. So a couple times you've mentioned sticking with your expertise. What are meeting professionals finding about people who are suddenly experts in all kinds of topics that have popped up, you know, in the news? Yeah, that might be um, your reputation, in other words. So I don't think it's a a matter of flip-flopping and trying to find the answer there. I think, uh, again, I think they're going to see those that really stand up to what they do and what their expertise is, is what they're going to remember you by from pre-pandemic. So you shouldn't have to change. You should just elevate and upgrade what you do by, you know, the time it's it's uh, the post-pandemic. <laughs> so what other changes are you seeing in the meetings industry that speakers really need to be aware of? There again, there is a lot of changes, but here's one area that I think that a lot of speakers don't really think about. And it comes from a good friend of mine that I just interviewed on my um, podcast, Hospitality Today Live, was the PCMA COO, Bruce McMillan. And he said, which he, he sold from the the, uh, the Marvel cartoon, um, with great power comes great responsibility. See, we operate in a poorly underestimated meetings industry. People still don't understand what we do and how it affects others. And, and a lot of times in the speaking world, you know, like our friends and family don't even know what we really do. But what we have to do is we have to do a better job in the meetings and events industry on making sure that every meeting has a purpose. 
And to do that, it's about serving our community. And I know a lot of people during the pandemic don't know what to do, but the meetings and events industry is reaching out to those that have been serving them. And we can do that as speakers too, which our clients have always been involved with and serving them. And why not continue that? At first during the pandemic, we're like, don't call our clients, don't call them, leave them alone. And I get that because that was this, this whole pandemic thing was bigger than any rodeo we've ever been in for the many years that I've been in this industry. But what they want now is they want connection. They want to make sure that you are okay. They want to make sure that you're healthy because when things do turn around, they want to call on you. But right now it's about serving the community, which is one of the reasons why I started my podcast, Hospitality Today Live. Now I'm giving back to the industry by letting them have a voice in what they're going through right now. And other speakers can do that in their industry too. Finding a way to serve the community is going to be very important. And it all helps each other. I mean, think about it. Restaurants right now, they have a very small margin to make revenue and they're, they're struggling right now than ever before. But yet every time we go to a restaurant, they're also giving back to their communities, too. So we're not only the purpose of, of going to a restaurant to eat, but we're also helping their communities that they serve, too. So it's the same thing in the meetings industry. We have to reach out to our clients right now and asking them, what can we do to help serve your community? So that leads me to another question. And this is hotly debated amongst speakers. And that is, how do you sell into the meetings industry? What is it that the meeting professionals roll their eyes about, about speakers? I mean, come on, your meeting professional friends tell you. Well, um, gosh, what are those things? That's a very, very good question because we get all kinds of different feedback pertaining to that. And as hard as this 2020 has been and thinking that it's a nightmare, it it really hasn't been for them. In other words, they look at things as, you know, things might be bad, but yet they, there's a lot of good that can arise from it too. I think right now what they're doing is they're learning and they're growing. They're learning and growing and they're finding out that we can handle uncertainty and that we're all capable of a lot more than we actually realized. And yet at the same time, we don't appreciate anything um, until it's gone. And face-to-face is key. That's the core of what we do. And what they're sharing with us right now is the bottom line, they want to get back to -to face-to-face. Yes, they're going to do virtual. Yes, they're going to do hybrid and virtual and hybrid are going to be what we're going to be into in 2021. But I think their goal, their main goal is to get back to face to face. And I know the vaccine is here and that is exciting news, but yet 40% of 1200 Americans in the meetings industry right now, um, they're not ready to roll up their sleeve yet to take that shot. So, and then there's 10% of them that are not even going to take the shot, which is going to be hard. That conversation is going to have to come because eventually everybody's going to probably have to have that shot. I mean, Burning Man event in 2021, they're requiring everyone to have their vaccine. Is the meetings industry going to do that too? That's what we're going to find out. So, but getting back to sort of what I was asking, how do we sell to meeting professionals? Come on, don't dance around it. Should we cold call them? Should we participate in PCMA and MPI and go to all their events? How, How do we, how do we 
get in the game because here's my take the meetings industry is this big umbrella and in fact if you look at the impact to the gnp to the to the gross national product it's it's as big as the automotive industry, but nobody thinks of it because the automotive industry is made up by a handful of companies and a bunch of big suppliers. In the speaking industry, it's a lot of solopreneurs and really small businesses. There's there's hoteliers, there's transportation companies, there's audiovisual, yes. there's sign makers, there's caterers, there's DMCs. I mean, the list is like 20 plus different vendors, including speakers that fall into there that are yes. part of the industry. And yet often speakers don't see themselves as part of the industry we see ourselves as speakers so how do we sell ourselves into being peers you are part of the industry absolutely as a matter of fact besides the economy the meetings industry dictates what we do and we are part of the meetings industry and that's a mindset you're absolutely right tom that's a mindset that we have to get through to ourselves and the best way to actually sell to them is get back to the basics literally get back to the basics starting 101 and it's going to be tough because um you know majority of our clients have are, are probably not even with those companies right now so you have no choice than to start with the basics and utilizing our social media to connect with them is the best way because they're on that computer 24 7 so you're going to have to just stick with the basics and and start all over which i know is really hard for a lot of us to do because we've been, I mean, literally 2019 was one of the best years majority of speakers had in the meetings industry. And and by the time we get back to the 2019 numbers is going to be four or five years from now. So we have no choice than to go back to the basics, the fundamentals of selling. Awesome. Well, we have covered a lot of ground in a very short amount of time about the meetings industry and about how speakers can make more money in the meetings industry. So thank you so much for sharing. Any last words of advice you'd like to share with the the greater world of, of speakers? Well, yeah, there's definitely, um, uh, it's definitely a different world. And yet we know that it's going to stay that way. If you think that things are going to go back to the way they were, that's going to be a bad strategy for you because it's not going to ever go back to the way it was. But the one thing I want everybody to keep in mind is that money doesn't disappear. It just changes how it flows. And right now we are flowing differently. So just because you actually were paid, you know, face to face, Make sure that you're paid when you're online, too. Don't change that part. It's just going to flow differently. So embrace, embrace the biggest change, and that's the room of improvement right now. Well, Deborah Gardner, thank you so much for joining us here on Speakernomics. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. And for everybody who listened, please join us every single week when we're going to have more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make money as a professional speaker, because that's what we all want to do. That's why we have this podcast. So always remember the motto of this podcast, and that is speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.